Welcome to On The Map, the podcast at the intersection of real estate development and technology. Today's episode is brought to you by Planned Grocery. Did you know that there are over 550 grocery stores planned across the United States? Check out plannedgrocery.com to learn more. Now for today's episode. Hi, everybody. I'm David Beats, your host for the On The Map podcast, as well as co-founder of Plan Grocery and author of Location Analytics for Business, the Research and Marketing Strategic Advantage. I'm really excited to have another fellow CRE tech, Mapping Entrepreneur, on the show today. Map Chapdelaine was previously co-founder and CEO of Carterfront, based out of 1776 Incubator in Chicago. Chicago has always been big on our radar because we have more planned grocery clients in Chicago than any other major area, metro area. And so today, Matt and his family now live in Charleston, South Carolina, where Matt is working in commercial real estate. In fact, Matt has a site that looks like it would be pretty good for a grocery store. Uh, so we'll, we will be looking at that site through the lens of Plan Grocery Platform here shortly. So uh, welcome, Matt. Great, great to have you on the podcast today. David, thank you very much. It is an honor to be here. And I just got to say for, you know, to, to you and you know, to the audience, you know, I've been working on my first GIS platform for about four months when we first met about four years ago. And I think I learned more in our first one hour conversation, you know, about GIS or, than, than I had learned in the previous, yeah, four, four or five months. So okay. thanks for having me on and, and thanks for being such a resource for all the years. Great, great. Yeah, well, I've enjoyed watching you and, and your, your platform as it evolved, you know, since we got to know each other. So how did you, how did you get started with Carterfront? Yeah, uh, you know, in, interesting story, like a lot of great stories kind of, I guess, happened by accident. I was a, had been a commercial real estate broker for about 10 years with my partner, Nate. We were in Chicago, the downturn, which everyone kind of remembers, 2009, 2010, we found ourselves doing a lot of work during that time, a lot of a lot of takeout work for the banks, and then our kind of personal recession, if you will, headed happened in 2010 and 11 when all the banks we were working for got recapitalized. So with some time on our hands and some cash in our pockets, we got into the you know the, the technology world. You know here we were with a you know a small to mid-sized brokerage and management firm that was making some money. And we looked at a company called, you know, Snapchat that at the time wasn't making money, never going to make any money, but somehow they were worth, you know, billions and billions of dollars and thought, yeah, that looks, that looks kind of interesting. And, mm-hmm. you know, the reality of it was still a little more complicated than that. But uh, we started building, we built our first app, which was relatively successful, not, not monetarily, but we had a, you know, a lot of users. And then, you know, as time went on, we, you know, we continued to broker, we continued to, you know, build some real estate technology solutions and one really caught on fire. It was, you know, a platform that allowed you to find where you could put a, you know, illegal cannabis location, which in 2016 was kind of revolutionary. The, the, none of the municipalities really had a GIS solution for that. Right. So in a in an industry that was kind of, you know, just in its infancy, we kind of we built a, you know, a tool that could it could show clarity to, you know, to the space. So we grew that to about 150 cities really within our first year. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, from there, we realized we had a, a really, you know, we had, we had a large breadth, if you will. We were, we were all over the country with a very narrow, you know, focus for what we were trying to, what we felt was the total market. So from there, we, we really shut that first kind of vertical down and retooled the product to provide a lot more depth and then just focused on our initial market of Chicago and began rolling that out across the country. So it, it okay. really all started, you know, one day with a customer walking into our office saying, Hey, listen, you know, Matt, Nate, I need you to build a, you know, a solution for me. 
and I'll pay you whatever you want to get it. And our eyes kind of lit up and said, yeah, we can do that. And it just kind of took off from there. Right. Okay. Okay. So once, once it kind of changed to have the focus on Carter front was the, the product then was really focused on mostly brokers. Would you say at that point, was it to kind of help them see properties that might be either maybe distressed or something like that? That's correct. It, you know, okay. and during my tenure with Cardo Front, we were exclusively for either real estate brokers or real estate developers. It was okay. uh, more, you know, anyone who was in transactional real estate. And you're right, we showed people opportunities that, that didn't otherwise exist. And the you know, analogy that I've used a lot is, you know, at the end of the day, if interest rates go up a quarter point today or down a quarter point today, that's not really driving you know, my decision making as a real estate owner. There's, mm-hmm. there's other things like life events, financial events, statistical stuff that that actually drives the real estate making decision a lot more than just kind of your, your basic, you know, high level, you know, data points. So what we got really good at is not only sourcing quality data that pertain to life events. So we actually track death, we track divorce, we track partnership disillusion because, you know, at the end of the day, if I go home, you know, go home tonight, my wife says, Matt, you know, I'm filing for divorce. That's going to, that's going to drive my real estate making decisions on my properties Mm -hmm. much more than, you know, any sort of interest rate did. So yeah, Cardo Front allowed users to, to create the opportunities that they were looking for because not everyone was into the, you know, the blood and guts of death and divorce. Some people were looking for, you know, maybe it was a, you know, a tax lien or, or even basic analysis like, um, you know, the average person in this neighborhood owns a property for five years. This property is coming up on four and a half years worth of ownership. So, mm-hmm. you know, odds are that this is someone who's in a position who's likely to move empty nesters. We got into all that stuff. So you could really wow. dial up the opportunity that you were looking for. Okay. Okay. And so the, what were you venture backed or angel backed at the time? You said you, you, you put some money in yourself and then you also had some investors. Is that right? Yeah, uh, you know, definitely put some money in myself. As any okay. you know investor in a you know technology will startup will will say the the sweat equity that's the most most expensive. It's a right. hell of an experience. You're <laughs> you know the the adage I use is you're taking over the world and going out of business every single day. Right. Um, yeah. So you're really you're really flying. You're doing something that hasn't been done before. You know, a methodology with customers who haven't seen it before. So you're really running with your your hair on fire. But yeah, we were we were a mix of angel and venture back. We did you know, two rounds. You know, raised just north of a million bucks. Um, okay. Great, and that fueled our expansion, and and had a healthy customer base too. Which you know, you see some of the the amounts of capital that are being raised for these tech startups. You know, that's certainly headline grabbing. But at the end of the day, it's it's all about revenue, and we were blessed to have some some well paying customers too. Right, great, great, very interesting. So, so when did you realize it was it was time for someone else to take over Carter Front? Was that like a a decision that, or was that just one day that you kind of realized like, hey, it's I've had enough. I'm kind of ready to do something else. Yeah, it, it was. Na- it, it came naturally for two reasons. One, I was running a little bit, you know, long in the tooth. It was about three and a half, four years mm-hmm. of again running with your your hair on fire, you know, taking over the world and going out of business every day. And simultaneously, we had started getting you know traction with a new set of customers. That you know, as you know, within the CRE tech world, it's it's relatively competitive. There's a lot of money that you know that's that's certainly within the industry. What we started to find was that insurance companies with specialty insurance products were using the software to identify opportunities to place a more lucrative insurance product, you know, primarily in the flood, flood space, which was not an area that I had, I really had a ton of background in it. I ended up being, you know, relatively knowledgeable on the topic as we got going. But, mm-hmm. you know, again, as I, I was, I was getting a little long in the tooth for, you know, for that space. 
had a great CEO named Jason come in. He's taken over the company now. Okay. And he's repositioned it for primarily the specialty insurance industry. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So so is that product still like is kind of the the two O or the three O still kind of emerging or is it being used today or kind of where are they with the product now? It is both. They are it is it is a developed product. They are using it. It is in it's not in full scale use, if that's the you know the proper term. But mm-hmm. funny enough, we've got a our quarterly investor call in about two hours after this, so I'll have a little bit more okay. uh, okay. in there for a supplement. But yeah, it's it's being used by a couple of different MGAs and insurance providers out there already. And once they kind of get through these initial test phases, they'll be they'll be full scale really all over the country. I believe pretty quick after that. Okay, very cool. So it's it's kind of evolving. I mean, it's 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 on maybe it's third or second or third kind of iteration as it's kind of finding like a really profitable home, hopefully, you know, kind of in this next phase. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So how, how was the exit for you personally? I know I've listened to, you know, a lot of different podcasts on people kind of moving on from a business, you know, what, what was it like the day you kind of, kind of left the office? You know, it was, it was a mixed, you know, mixed in a lot of ways. It was certainly, it was a fantastic experience. You know, so rarely do people get the opportunity to go out there and just, you know, just kind of do it right. And I, and I did it and it was, it was fun. It was successful, you know, made some decent money on it, which is great. Mm-hmm. But there was a, there was a, you know, wow, for the first time in my life, uh, you know, what am I doing tomorrow kind of thing? I, right. I you know, I, this is, this has been my identity for, for, you know, for four years and I've been working towards it for, you know, a few years kind of, you know, prior to that. So yeah, there was a, there was a, Oh my gosh, what you know? What am I going to do now? But you know, with every you know blessing or with every you know challenge comes an opportunity, and you know this this was a good opportunity for you know my family and I to relocate to a part of the country that we you know had our eye on for a real long time and get back to an you know an industry that again I I certainly loved it. I didn't leave brokerage because I didn't love it, but now I've got a good stable of you know clients and customers down here in Charleston, South Carolina, and I'm I'm back to doing what I love. Great, great. You know, I'm, I'm just curious, you know, we're, we're going to talk about this site that you have down in Charleston here in just a second. But, you know, I'm curious with your platform relying so heavily on, on map data and kind of transactional data and kind of tying all this stuff together. You know, what mapping or what data analysis mapping opportunities in CRE Tech do you see out there now? You know, I'll give credit where credit's due. You know, I, I'm a planned property customer and I've I do use it for you know for some grocery stuff, which we're going to talk about here in a minute. But yeah. uh, you know, I, it provides a, a wealth of data. And I was actually with a customer who was not you know didn't really have any sort of you know, grocery needs. And you know, we said, hey, listen, let's let's look at some of the stuff that's going on in this area. I think it was an industrial building. And okay. you know, I was like, what, you know, what do I have kind of in my you know my toolkit here? And I pulled out uh, you know planned property and plan, we plan grocery. Really yeah, you're close. Plan oh, grocery. Sorry. Yeah, that's plan, all right. Sorry, plan grocery. And, uh, <laughs> And, and put together a compelling case for why the guy needed to, you know, to relocate his business here. So that was kind of cool. Um, okay. You know, I, I, also, I also am, you know, pleasantly surprised with the growth that you know, some of the municipalities have, you know, stepped up. Like, you know, when we, you know, when we released our first product, boy, what, twenty early twenty sixteen. You know, we it really wasn't, you know, I think what you would today call revolutionary. It was just that no, everybody needed the answer to it. None of the municipalities were actually providing that for, you know, for their customers. So we stepped into that vacuum and we solved it. But, you know, even coming down here, you know, to Charleston, they've got a, the municipalities here, a great, you know, GIS right. uh, platform. So, yeah. um, you know, they're stepping up. That's, I think, the thing that I'm, you know, certainly most 
most pleased with. And then there's, you know, there's others that are out there, but those are the, you know, the two that, you know, certainly affected my life the most over the last nine months. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we've talked some to municipalities and, I mean, we even offered to put their sites for free in the platform, you know, for all our grocery, you know, clients to see. And it's just, you know, it's, it's so hard getting them to do anything. It's been really interesting. I really thought that that would be a good base of people to work with. And it's just been, it's been a real struggle. And maybe, you know, maybe our platform just isn't quite designed for their workflow. I don't, I don't know. We just haven't quite figured that out. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely something we're looking at. Yeah. You certainly have the pieces and, and, you know, if you're working with an asset type that nobody wants, that's, you know, that's one thing. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but grocery anchored shopping centers have done, you know, they've done exceptionally well. And, you know, even when yeah. I, you know, my business right now is primarily dealing with tenants. I'm, you know, almost exclusively, a, you know, tenant representation broker down here in Charleston, but I still have, you know, development partners, that, you know, development contacts. And man, you know, you know, grocery anchored is still a very hot topic. So yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a ton of value there. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Great. Well, so, so you're now down in Charleston, South Carolina doing kind of, kind of what you mentioned, the brokerage tenant rep, uh, that kind of work. What's, what's, what's the name of your, of your new company? The name is Lane Commercial Real Estate, okay. which is really just a, a shortened version of Chapter Lane as someone who's been in you know sales for you know a lot of my life and left, you know, hundreds of thousands of messages. When you got to right. spell out Chapter Lane, it's, it's, it's <laughs> uh, it, it can be a tongue twister. So I, you know, for, for the name of the company, we'll, We'll stick with Lane. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's like like our the name of our original business. We're really kind of the parent business of Plan Grocery is Beats and Day Geographics, and of course we took two of the you know the hardest last names to spell and made it you know our company name. So um, I'm there. I'm yes. with you on the the spelling. <laughs> yep. So this so this grocery site that you came across. I'm looking at it now in the Plan Grocery platform, and we looked at that document that you sent that kind of had information about, you know, the, the traffic counts, you know, so basically this location is in North Charleston at the intersection of Rivers Avenue and McMillan Avenue, I guess it'd be kind of like the South corner. Mm-hmm. What, you know, as I'm looking at it kind of in the platform, I mean, there's not much, I mean, like in Charleston, there's what uh, Whole Foods that was built recently, Publix under construction, a Greenwise, uh, Publix, let's see, what is this here? Oh, that's a total wine that's planned. And a Harris, there's a bunch of Harris Teeters kind of planned here and there. But there's this big kind of section. I mean, it's clearly a food desert and it kind of starts, it's kind of hard for me to describe. What, how would you describe kind of this trade area that would kind of serve this location? Yeah, so, you know, there's certainly a lot of buzzwords out there. There's, you know, qualified opportunity zone. This one hits it. There's path of progress. This one hits it. You can do some, some, you know, real data driven, you know, outcomes at the, you know, on behalf of the city, I've got a, all the data in the world that can show you where the, how it's a food desert and kind of the, you know, the dollar migration that's out of there. But I think the thing that kind of sums up this one is it's kind of a no brainer, at least as I see it, because it's a win-win really for everybody who's taking a look at it. So you you look at, you know, the neighborhood, the neighborhood is, Again, I can show you all the data that says, hey, listen, this is an up-and-coming area. But you can also just really look, just go to you know any map and look at the corner of Rivers and McMillan in, mm-hmm. in North Charleston. And you just you can just see the path of progress coming up from the peninsula. Yeah. And you can just see the path of progress coming you know down from North Charleston. And right smack dab in the middle of this is this property. So mm-hmm. it is, you know, it's definitely what you call, you know, an up-and-coming area. It is in a qualified opportunity zone, which 
by, you know, by definition, it has to be, you know, to be a, a QOZ, you need to meet certain, you know, income characteristics and, and this one meets it. So it's a, right. it's a somewhat economically depressed area. But even the first time I drove the site, I drove the site before I actually knew what the opportunity was. I just kind of got to that intersection. I thought, huh, there's something mm-hmm. going on here. This, I, I, you could just feel it. Again, you didn't, you didn't need it. So it's, it's at a major intersection. Charleston has approved a bus rapid transit system. The major hub for the neck, which is kind of the area where this sits, yep. is going to be literally right across the street. So this is on the southwest corner. The BRT you know, regional station is going to be at the southeast corner. So okay. you have what you already have is a ton of traffic, but it will be a major thoroughfare for the area. You're in an area where there is no other you know, grocery store. So again, I've got demographics and you know charts that will show you where all the you know all the food, you know the customers in that area are going elsewhere, you know, for their food. Mm-hmm. In, uh, it's in a qualified opportunity zone. So you know, the, I know that that's a big buzzword. There's a ton of money out there. This yeah. is one of those that makes a ton of sense. And best of all, you have a municipality. You know, certainly not. I'm allowed to talk on behalf of the city of North Charleston, but they have expressed to me an extensive desire to make this financially. It's a winner, right? So mm-hmm. if uh, so, if the developer is going to need certain requirements to you know to get a grocery store in there, you know, I, I get the sense that they're going to be really, really open to that. If uh, you know, if, a, if the grocery store needs some sort of incentives to make this work for them. You know, for the short term, I think that stuff is on the table. So you've got something that's it's a winner for the tenant. They've got a, and there's a ton of demand with a with a municipality that wants to work with them. Mm-hmm. For the developer, you've got a municipality that wants to work with them. And most of all, you've got a you've got a base of tenants that are just you know they're just dying to, you know to have a grocery store there. In fact, that location prior to it being kind of redeveloped and torn down was the highest grossing Piggly Wiggly in the nation, which is mm-hmm. again just kind of a testament wow. to you know, to what they need. And on top of that, Sphinx Gas, which is a you know really nice gas station chain here down in, in Charleston, South Carolina, mm-hmm. just purchased the land immediately next to it to put up a gas station. So okay. huh. it's, it's, you're not going to be the first one there. There is demonstrable developments already going on. Right. Yeah. Okay. Very interesting. Yeah. There's really, yeah. I'm kind of looking at it on the map. I mean, there's, there's not a whole lot nearby except for, I mean, most of the grocery stores are kind of on the other side of the interstate. And then on this side of the interstate, you have your side, of course, and then what, a Save-A-Lot to a little bit to the north and a food lion way down south. Maybe the food lion is probably about, what, four miles away or something. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, so, where, yeah. that's where the locals, the locals are, are going. They're yeah. getting in the car, getting on the bus and going all the way down there. Mm-hmm. And it looks like there's a lot of residential, a fair amount of residential around there, too. Yep. Um, interesting. Well, great. Yeah, this looks this looks really interesting. Well, I've got some some maps that we can, you know, include in the email and, and that kind of stuff. What's, you know, as you kind of think about the future, you know, down in Charleston, I mean, do you think you'll ever wade back into CRE technology or do you, you think, are you kind of set having a break from that for a little while? Both. Yeah. It'll always be a, you know, a business mistress in some capacity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a siren that's always, you know, calling my name and I, I can certainly, you know, at a minimum, see where I would develop something internally for, you know, for my own use. Right. Uh, yeah. And then that'll probably get the best of me, and I'll try to commercialize it. Cause, you know, because you know, I've I'm, I'm done it once. Why not? You know, why not do it again? But right. uh, that's yeah. that's certainly down the road. You know, right now, I'm I'm very happy being a commercial real estate broker. Like I said, I got some you know some great tenants. You know, we're, we're securing new space. Charleston is a booming area. It, you know, the the context as I was explaining to my digital marketing team, if there's a 
you know, a concern is it's growing too fast. Some of the tenants, you know, that I'm working with are like, boy, you know, there's anxiety. This is growing so fast. How do we, you know, how do we manage our real estate needs, you know, in, in, re, in response to that? It's just a, it's a different feeling from, from what it was, you know, in Chicago. So right. uh, yeah. 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 Well, long and short of it can be very happy being a commercial real estate broker for a while. Awesome. Awesome. That sounds good. That sounds good. Well, I'm excited to have you, you know, as, as a customer of Plan Grocery and definitely look forward to your thoughts on the platform, you know, as you kind of use it in real world situations. And definitely if you have any thoughts on how we can make the platform better or even, you know, make a specialized version of the platform for municipalities or another, you know, another, um, you know, another business sector or whatever, just, you know, would definitely love to hear your thoughts. Definitely. Yeah. I'll yeah. keep you posting, you know, if any of the listeners out there are you know, thinking of moving to the, you know, the Charleston area, or if you're, you know, you're, you know, a grocer or a developer in that, that grocery space and you want to learn you know, a little bit more about, you know, the space that we're talking about, you know, definitely reach out, you know, I'm sure my name and email will be on the, the list, but it's, you know, my email is Matt at Lane Prop. So that's L-A-I-N-E-P-R-O-P.com. And then my phone number is 843-508-3038. Okay. Well, great. Uh, we'll get the email out and just and uh, appreciate your time. And thanks for uh, being on the podcast today. Likewise. Thanks for all you do, David.